Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Reconciling Grace. My name is Pete Vecchi, and I am here in the studio with uh, Vicki Cundiff, who is also in the studio, one of our panel members. And we have two other people who are joining us remotely today, Mick Wells. And the person who's going to be leading our discussion is Pastor Mac, P. Mac, Don McDonald. Gentlemen, it's good to have you with us remotely. Vicki, it's good to have you here in person. Good to be here. Thank you much, Pete. Yeah, so Don, um, we were talking the last time we recorded, um, we kind of had something that you jumped off of because we were talking about the commandment to love the last time that we were doing recording, and you said that that kind of inspired you to do something about self-love, and you've kind of called this self-esteem and self-love and Christian faith walk, the tension. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit something about your thoughts on that? You know, Pete, um, over the years of working with youth, I'm going to take a little step back. And uh, when I've worked with youth over the years, probably one of the most difficult things for youth to hold on to, to work on is that they are valued and that they are loved. Um, When I was praying over this this afternoon a little bit, I had a young man I worked with in a previous church. And one of the issues he had is he just couldn't love himself and he couldn't value himself as a person of Christ. And at the age of 21, he took his life. And I know when I talked to the mother about, you know, the the suicide, he says, you know, Don, we did everything we could to tell him he was loved and that he could love himself. And so many ways I'm dedicating this to that young man um, who took his life. And it was built around the reality of he just couldn't love himself in Christ as Christ loved him. And so that's one of the thoughts I had that I wanted to share. And also, when I was thinking about this topic, the reason the word tension is there is because we as Christians, at least in my teachings, we teach about, you know, giving ourselves to Jesus Christ and, that you know, Jesus Christ loves us first and we should go out and love others. And yet all of a sudden we run into this tension of, oh, wait a minute, you're telling me I have to self-love myself and I have to value myself. So, you know, which is it? Is is it we start with Christ first and do that or do we start with ourselves? So, you know, I recognize that tension that's present there. And, you know, does anyone else feel that tension or that experience? Absolutely, I do. I've been thinking about that the whole time you've been um, speaking here, Don, because one of the things that I know that is very, very much foremost in my mind, in my heart, is that I am supposed to put others above myself. And that is just something that has been drilled into me, probably even since before I became a Christian by my own, um, you know, volition, giving myself, giving my life to Christ, it was kind of drilled in me as that was the polite thing to do. That was the right thing to do, even when I was a a little child. And so I was always um, taught to look out for the other person. And in many ways, that's kind of tough to do 
Uh, even in my life today, when I am trying to love God, it's kind of tough, I should say, not to love that other person. It's kind of tough for me to find that right balance of, okay, but where do I fit into this? And I tend to go to the point of, I don't matter. You know, I guess it was Martin Luther who used to say, in essence, I'm just a worm. And that's kind of how I was first brought up, even in my early days of the faith. And, you know, the the thing that I found interesting um, when I was in seminary Trinity up in Deerfield, Illinois, the gentleman who taught me Christian counseling said, what I'm going to tell you feels counterintuitive. Because exactly what you said, you know, Pete, that, you know, we are taught to consider others first and everything. And, and he says, when you go into Christian counseling, he says, one of the things that you'll find is the most difficult is telling that person, you better start with yourself in Christ and how Christ loves you so that you can value yourself as Christ values you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it, it's it's a strange, what I call tension there with trying to figure out that dance of others first, but wait a minute, I have to value myself as Christ values me so that I can value others better than myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, it takes time to figure out. And yet, you know, one of the things I was taught early, and it came from the Seven Laws of the Teacher by Howard Hendricks, was the thought of without tension, we don't learn. Without tension, i.e., he always used in that, because I taught that series a couple of times as a Christian educator, he always used the example of a, a mother with a newborn who didn't know what to do, and she'd reach for that that book of mother's first year of raising an infant and paraphrasing that title for the record and the book's all torn apart and it's all ripped up because the mom didn't know what to do and so she has to learn how to raise this little one and the same is true with us as believers in christ there's a tension there of saying in essence how do i value myself while caring for others and without that tension there, we don't learn who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. I think there have been many times where um, even just as- assessing myself, because um, I get I get depressed and, and have low self-esteem, um, I have to constantly remind myself that the first and foremost important thing for me is, what does Christ think of me? What's my concept based on? If I if I base it on things people say about me, well, I I go out and become a statistic myself. But we have to understand that what Christ thinks of us, and it is I don't like the word supernatural. It's a divine love that we can we can hardly understand, relate to, or appreciate because it's it's just so incredible um i will say that um god's instilled with me what i call the spiritual gift of encouragement now that sounds like a contradiction but the big problem for me is discernment you know how many people has a have caught you by surprise with a suicide and you had no idea what they were going through and 
it's one of those things I say to the Lord, if I only had known this person was going through this, but it's not something that's easily broached with no. uh, an individual who's struggling. And so I, I have that as a continuous and constant uh, request to God to show me those open doors to encourage people who need it and they're, they're, they're on the edge of a, of, of a decision that could be uh, hinge life and death. Um, and so I continue to look for opportunities to help people before I shake my head and say, I should have done this or should have done that. It's hard to know who's going through what struggles. You know, Don, I really appreciate the way you've worded this to call attention. I've never heard that said in that way. And uh, I know growing up, I, I had low self-esteem and, um, there was this insecurity and not wanting to be in front of people. And so when I got saved, of course, that still's there. God saves us from our sins, but that's still there. And we're trying to grow into that, you know. And so God just took me on this journey to help me get past those things. And, and one of the things that I was thinking of as preparing for this was that the way that he helped me to gain self-esteem and to feel more secure was every time he asked me to do something, he expected me to go out and do it, you know. <laughs> and so when I would be fearful of something and I would, you know, have this deep desire to, I love God, I want to obey him, that's so what the Bible tells us to do, and I'd have this deep desire that I would want to serve him. So I might struggle for a little while and be fearful of uh, what he was asking me to do, and he started me off like in these baby steps, I guess, you know, and in, in, in ministry and things like that. Uh, you know, as a lay person in church before, then all of a sudden he called me to preach. If you imagine that, this person that did not want to be in front of anybody. And so if I look back on my life and I see this, this very timid person who was so backward and shy and who felt such insecurity, and 30-some years later to feel so secure in Christ and who I am, to know and believe that my identity is found in him and that I'm precious and loved by him, that was a journey that I have been on that I'm just trying to say that aren't you thankful that God can help us through that tension and that he yeah. can help us to gain and to grow because he loves us. We're his child. He doesn't want us to believe the lies that the world tries to tell us, like like Mick said, what other people say about us, you know, but to know who you are in Christ. And I guess the other thing is uh, about serving others and putting others before ourselves, like you were saying, Pete, with something that I was thinking of is as I walked this journey, and this has probably been... I don't know, 20 years ago, that God started impressing upon me. I kind of fell into it. And I think I've mentioned it to before about praying to love people. And that really changed me. And so I've realized that as God has taught me to love myself, that that was okay, not in a selfish way, that I have a deeper love and a deeper respect for people. That's been my journey. And, and, and I think, Vicki, what's the beauty of that journey is, as you said, it, it's sort of a, a sense of V8 moment that, ah, light came on. It was about tension. Mm -hmm. That you had to have the tension there in order to learn right. about who you could become. You know, and, and I think, you know, when we're dealing with self-esteem and, and, and um, self-love, you know, I've, I've been a life coach for so many years with people's lives. And one of the things that is an issue 
And that's something that I think you address so beautifully, Vicki, is as I realized who I was in God, and as I realized how I was loved in Jesus Christ, I began to realize I could do more. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that as the tension to grow, as Jesus wanted me to grow, became the center of your life. Yes. That's and, true. and I think, you know, when I life coach people, that's one of the things that I've noticed is, when you have low self-love and low self-esteem, you're not willing to put yourself out there because you don't value who you are. Right. You know, and, and that's one of the things as a life coach that I've learned with people is we start with, let's have this friendship. Let's learn that you can value who you are, that you can accomplish things. And, um, and, and, and to me, when I was reading through that, I, I want to say, you know, to the, to the listeners in particular, I'm not saying that when you self-love and you have self-esteem, that that removes us from the reality that we are all sinners. You know, every day we deal with that reality. And I, I guess, you know, when I was thinking about that, um, that first John 1, 5, 9 text came to life. And so, Mick, do you want to read that? Well, you know, before we do that, Don, I think we need to take a quick break for our sponsor. And then why don't we pick up there with Mick reading that uh, text from First uh, John. Let's uh, be right back now, folks, with the second half of today's episode of Reconciling Grace. And we're back with Reconciling Grace. We're discussing the topic self-esteem, self-love, and the Christian faith walk, the tension We were just about to discuss the fact that self-esteem and self-love doesn't mean that we don't deny that we are sinners and in needs of God's forgiving grace through Jesus Christ. And Mick was just about to read for us 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. So Mick, please take it away. Yeah, this this passage uh, describes the point there very beautifully. The word says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And and I guess as, as, you know, we were reading through that text, the question I always ask myself is, why is it important? Why is it important that we be real about our spiritual condition? And, and when I was looking over that question, the thought that came to my mind is because when we understand who we are in Christ is when we allow ourselves to have the tension to grow more into the likeness of Christ. Start with who we are. You know, Vicki, you said so beautifully, you know, before I came to Christ, I was uncertain. And I, you know, I had these areas of doubt. And you identified, hey, this is where I was falling short in my growth in Christ. And you grew because you were real about where you were. Uh, Yeah, I see a little bit about what you're saying. 
I guess I see it that um, I view the scripture as it talking about being sinners and coming to Christ um, and not not after I became a Christian because the scripture says here if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in other words to cleanse us from sin and so I always viewed the scripture that he was talking about um, before I came to Christ so that tension that I feel I had um, wasn't about sin I'm not saying that we can't commit sin uh, John tell, first John also tells us in chapter 2 verse 1 he says I, I tell you dear children do not sin but if we do sin we can go to Jesus with it so I think that for me what it was the tension was was that um, I needed to get out of this these issues that I had and I guess I'd call them that right they were mm-hmm. issues they were issues of insecurity uh, of uh, low self-esteem and, and so many different things that I could set here and name over the years that Christ has set me free from. And so that was the tension. I'm not saying that I could never commit sin, but I, I believe in the scripture uh, that talks to us about how we are not to sin. Um, and actually, and I won't really get into it here, but um, in the third chapter of 1 John, it talks about that as well. So the tension that we're talking about here for me, as uh, it was just that God really trying to grow me and get me out of that and to teach me by, hey, Vicki, you know, I want you to do this, you know, and then that would step me out of my backwardness in obedience yeah. to him. And and so that that tension was real and it was there because, you know, I remember when God called me to preach and this was a long time later as he already brought me through so many different things. And I'm like, what? You know, surely you don't mean that for me. I don't even like to be in front of people, you know. And so it's just one of those things where that tension that goes on inside somebody, I believe that with all my heart, what you're saying there. And I think that tension that goes on is just really something that we have to counter with the fact, are are we going to love and obey Jesus? And we don't even realize, do we, Don, at the time that it's going to be so good for us if we get past that tension point and obey what he said and step out into what he wants us to do, because that's how we get set free from low self-esteem. And, and, and I think the point that, you know, I'm saying amen to wholeheartedly, Vicki, is when I was looking at the first John 1, 5 through 10 text, especially in the area where it says, if you have no sin, you deceive yourselves. What you're really saying is, Vicki, you realized who God wanted you to become, but you knew who you were. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you were being real with yourself and saying, I can't deny that anymore, that God's calling me to the pulpit. But for a while there, I tried to ignore it. I tried to deceive myself that that's not where God wanted me. No, I wasn't being, I wasn't deceived. I was afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was being real, I was just afraid. And you know, that's so I knew important. it was true. Yeah. I knew it was true. And I just, I remember right. telling somebody, if, if I don't say yes to this, I won't have to do it. So it was just exactly. God giving me some space. And it only took three weeks. God was giving me some space. So Fear is real, but you can overcome that too through Christ. Yeah. Praise His name. Amen. Yeah, and and I think Vicky, the beauty of it is is it is is that it's a process. You right. you understand where God wanted you to be, mm-hmm. but you have to work through it. Yeah. You know, and I think when I work with people, sometimes they feel like I'm so locked in the sin that there's no way God's going to let me go and be with Jesus and be the light and be that person. Mm-hmm. And so you have to deal with who you are first as somebody who's broken who god can make into something great i think uh, we've kind of talked about this in the past about forgiveness haven't we pete and mick and it's i think uh, to add what you're saying there is a matter of sometimes people feel that way don because 
they haven't forgiven themselves. God has forgiven them, don't you think? And uh, well, God has forgiven them, but they haven't forgiven themselves, and then they, they feel like so unworthy mm-hmm. when we are worthy through Jesus Christ and only through him, the Scripture tells us. And is that not, not allowing themselves self-love? Yes, As Christ right. loves them. Right. They just carry it's the guilt. Where, where that feeds in into that. You know, when I'm counseling somebody and we're working through that, it's sort of like you can love yourself and forgive yourself because Jesus Christ has done it for you. Mm-hmm. And when I console, you know, I work with a lot of kids who have self, have very, very low self-esteem and self-love, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things I spend time is if, if Jesus can forgive you, please forgive yourself and love yourself as Jesus loves you. Right. You know, it's kind and of so- like saying that I am nothing apart from Christ, but because of Christ, I am a son of God. Amen. And you can love uh, yourself as much as Jesus loves you. Right, right. When you look at the uh, question Don's written here, why is it so important to be real about our spiritual condition? I think if if you look at all the options on who you share yourself with, um, Jesus knows our spiritual condition to start with. There's no need to try to to hide or shelter any kind of secret information like we would uh, with another person that might be our temptation to to shield something about us. But um, it's kind of counterintuitive, but the, the Lord says, when you feel like running away from me, he's really wanting you to run to him yeah. and to be open and honest because when you recognize that he sees everything about your spiritual condition what other choice is there than to admit it and be real um about it and uh, you know god's all he already knows our spiritual condition he knows our needs plus he he provides us he promises us divine assistance to deal with it too i agree and you know, Mick, when we were thinking about that, all of a sudden for me personally, the Romans 3 text, 21 through 26, comes to life because Jesus is the one that gives that answer, that Jesus is the one that we walk with. And and I know we assigned Vicki to read that Romans 3, 21 through 26 text. So if you wish to, Vicki, could you please? But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by the blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And I think, Vicki, as you were reading that and we build our 1 John 1 text in our Romans 3, we begin to realize that Jesus is the one that brings us the reality of even though we are broken, we are valued. Jesus is the one who justifies us just as if we've never sinned in the presence of God. And that gives us value in saying, I can love myself, I can have self-esteem for myself because Jesus takes my brokenness 
and makes me valuable, makes me, you know, be able to love myself as it was. Um, and, and when I was putting all that together, the reason why I did that section is because I wanted to be real with people about, yes, we are sinners. Yes, we are broken. Yes, we deal with inadequacies. And yet Jesus can get us through that to begin to realize that we can be something more. You know, and that's something, you know, in, in my own life, how did that play out? Um, just recently, Sunday, uh, my biological mother died. Um, she left my life when I was nine years old and I never saw her again. Um, for me personally, self-esteem and self-love were very low for a long time. Pete knew me in some of those time periods when I was in high school. And um, what I found is once I saw Jesus and I began to realize who Jesus could make me, it began a journey of healing. It began a journey of taking my brokenness and making me whole, you know. And to me, what I find interesting, putting all this together, where my heart is heavy is in the area of mental health. Um, and why do we have epidemic mental health issues in the United States, especially with youth? About eight years ago, I began to see more and more clinically depressed junior hires going in for, you know, psychological evaluation. And when, when I was looking over all this, one of the things that really came to my mind was we're not helping our youth understand, even though they are broken and even though they are sinners, they're still loved and they're still cared for. Um, we've, we've spent a lot of time, at least I have as a pastor of, of youth saying, do me a favor for right now, please turn off Facebook, please turn off Snapchat, please turn off those mediums because yes, people's lives look perfect there, but we all know their lives aren't perfect. And that's so important because nobody's life is perfect. And, uh, again, I'm thinking about that tension that I brought up earlier about the fact that my being taught that I'm nothing um, except the fact is now because Jesus Christ loves me so much, I am everything in that way. There's that tension again. I, I have worth only because Jesus loves me. And who does Jesus not love? Jesus loves us all. Even if we don't know him yet, he still loves us. The Bible tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us real quickly though i just want to interject here really quick i know we're getting short on time i can't remember which church it was in revelations but jesus said to them you are worthy and it was because of the blood and so when we're when people are trying to keep saying that they're not worthy jesus tells us that we are only because we've been saved by his grace right and I think that's the power of this section that we've talked about is, yes, we are broken. Yes, we are sinners, the first John 1. But Romans 3, we are justified in Christ, and that gives us value, and that gives us love, and that builds our esteem. Um, and, and I know as we're getting ready to close here, I, I love the, the James Dobson, uh, well-known Christian psychologist of our day, and he says the lack of self-esteem produces more symptoms of psychiatric disorder than any other factor yet identified. James Dobson in Hide or Seek, he hasn't particular found 
that low self-esteem is the most troubling problem indicated by the majority of women. What wives wish their husbands knew about women from that book. That's, uh, again, that just really describes this tension that um, you've been talking about pretty much the entire episode, Don. And um, as has happened so much lately, we have so much more to cover. We're not going to be able to get it in during the next few seconds. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep the mics open. We're going to continue the discussion here in the studio. And we're going to have a part two of this next time on Reconciling Grace. Self-esteem, self-love, and Christian faith walk, the tension. So for Vicki Cundiff, for Mick Wells, and for Don McDonald, who led our discussion today, this is Pete Vecchi. Thank you for joining us for Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.